time season, whether we rejoice, we rejoice together. We suffer, we suffer together. But in it all, Jesus is right by our side. So I don't know what you're facing today, but I hope, uh, I hope that little song will be a blessing to you. Amen. Whew, I felt God all over it, so I'm, I'm happy that the Lord allowed me to sing it. Let's turn in our Bibles. We're still in John chapter 8. John chapter 8 this morning in verses 25 through 35, if you will. Give you a couple minutes to get there. A couple seconds, I should say. A couple minutes would be a long pause, wouldn't it? A little bit of a title goes along with this message this morning. Free indeed. Free indeed. Hope you can say that you've been made free by Christ. But uh, we'll get in here. We'll look at this. Give me one more second as I get ready here. Give you another second to get there. All right, John chapter 8, starting in verse 25. <clears throat> this gets uh, it's rather interesting here. This is, we're still in this exchange here between the uh, Pharisees and, and Jesus. And uh, so here in verse 25 of John chapter 8, the Scripture reads this, Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth forever. Amen? I mean, Jesus gave them such a beautiful, such a beautiful thing, and, you know, and they just, He just tells them, if you continue in My Word, then are ye My disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Didn't that bring comfort to you when you heard those words read out loud? It brought comfort to me. And their response is, what are you talking about? We're of Abraham. I mean, they just ruined it. You know what I mean? That's, a, that's what, they're, that's what they're, they're always, these Pharisees. And every time Jesus is preaching a point, well, they ruined it for themselves. They didn't ruin it for Brother Brian. Amen? 
Hey, come on now. You know, if the word comes forth and it gives me what I need, hey, you know what? If you want to sit there and be hindered, then that's you. Don't hinder me. You know, I'm not going to let you hinder my spiritual development because I'm getting a blessing from God. So we come together and we hear the words of Christ. It's up to us to, to come ready, praying, saying, Lord, fill me today with your word. Fill me, Lord. I need you. I need you today, God. And don't let anything else going on around you uh, keep you from getting what you've come here for this morning. Amen. But I, I love this. You know, verse 25, we'll start back over on it. You know, he has, uh, Jesus has told them, uh, let me find it. We'll go back to verse 19. I'll kind of recap the end of our last message here. But Jesus had basically told them, you know, ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. So Jesus is kind of starting to hint at something here with them. Uh, These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple. No man laid hands on him for his hour is not yet come. That's verse 20. Verse 21, he goes, I go my way, ye shall seek me and ye shall die in your sins. We covered that. Um, and so he tells them that ye are from beneath, I am from above, ye are of this world, I am not, I am not of this world. Um, and I said therefore unto you, look at this in verse 24, this will lead, lead us right into where I'm going with this this morning. He, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Right. And so their, their response to this is, who art thou? Who are you? Right. So Jesus taught, you must believe that I am he. And their response was, who art thou? Who are you? Doesn't that break your heart? Amen? I mean, think about it. Jesus has been with them this whole time. They have seen miracles. They've seen healings. They've seen how he's he's confirmed exactly everything that the the prophets had said he would be. He's proven at this point uh, time and time again who he is. And here they are. Who art thou? Or who are you? Um, you know, when somebody you love, you may relate to this here this morning, when someone you love doesn't even know you and you've been with them the whole time and they don't recognize you, it hurts. Amen. You ever been through a loved one with dementia or Alzheimer's and you've lived your whole life with them. They know who you are. Amen. But when they look at you that one day and they don't recognize you and you're trying it's me it's Brian it's me who are you even in your mind and in your heart you understand the circumstances behind it but it still hurts to hear it amen sometimes it doesn't hurt the same way as personally offended hurt it's not necess- it's not uh, my personal feelings haven't been hurt. It's you hurt for them. Amen? Because you know that's not the way that it should be, right? So think about that. I make that connection with something that we would, uh, we would understand very clearly here this morning. Amen? So knowing how much it hurts in our physical lives when somebody in, their phys- in our physical life doesn't recognize us or who are you, Think about how Jesus feels. Think about how Jesus feels. To have done so much to reveal Himself to the Jews. Remember, He was sent for them. And to the world. Now, He's rejected by the Gentiles. So the Gospel, He went 
to minister to the Jews. The Jews rejected him. The gospel went to the Gentiles. The Jews rege- he was rejected of his own. Just imagine how bad that would feel. What if somebody came through our doors this morning and we're supposed to be their family and we just rejected them? Just thrust them out. That would hurt, right? You know, Jesus, He was God, but He was God in the flesh. And He went through all the same kinds of feelings that we feel. He just was able never to sin. Amen? And thank God for that. Uh, But think about how Jesus feels to have done so much to reveal Himself to the Jews and to the world just to be rejected. Who are you? Who are you, Jesus? Jesus, who's that? Folks, there's people in our society that have never heard the name Jesus before. In the United States of America. Doesn't that shock you? I asked somebody not long ago, have you ever heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? No, I don't know anything about it. Can I share that with you? Well, yeah, I'll listen to anything. Probably 17-year-old young man before I got the first word out. Mom's out there. No, no, no. We we got no, 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 no. Get out of here. I got something going on. That explains it. It's bad enough if I want to reject Christ in my life. Amen. Let the young man make his own decision with the evidence. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Um, Well, my kid has a right to decide if he's a boy or a girl. Come on. My kid has a right to decide whatever he wants to be in life. Whatever he wants to do. If he'll be a lawyer, I'll be proud of him. But if he wants to be a mechanic, I'll be proud of him still. He can pick his own... Yeah, he can, he can pick his own hairstyle. He can make those decisions on his own. So if he wants a big spiky mohawk, let him have it. Not hurting anybody. It's just self-expression. Come on. Let him express himself. Let him be himself. Come on. Till a preacher's on your front porch giving him the one thing he really needs. To find out who he really is. Amen. Come on. Now all of a sudden he don't have no right to choose anything. Now he don't have a choice in the matter. Amen. Come on. I think this society needs to make up its mind. Amen. All this stuff can be in these schools. <coughs> don't bring those Bibles in here. Don't you go standing out on our front lawn praying out loud and all that stuff. Handing tracks out. They're not allowed to make those decisions, but you want them to choose their gender. Hypocrites. Come on. You know what? Jesus may mean nothing to a lot of people in this world. But He means everything to me. And if you belong to Jesus today, I'd be willing to bet that you'd say the same thing. Jesus means everything to me. I can't make anyone else love him, but I love him because he first loved me. Amen? Who is he? Well, let's talk about this little statement here. I want to give you something a little bit more in context on it. So when these Pharisees asked Jesus, 
uh, who are you or you know who are thou I want to give you a three kind of a threefold application to their statement here so there's one that I've covered who are you that's not recognizing them right who are you and who are you you know uh, not recognizing him as their Messiah as the sent one that's come to deliver them as their king not recognizing him then there's also uh, then there's also this application and who are you like who are you to speak to me that way? Who are you to tell us, amen, that, uh, that we're, we're not going to have our sins free? Who are you to tell us that we're going to go to hell? Who are you to tell us? That's the response of the gospel, to the gospel preaching today too. When we stand and say, tell people what the Bible clearly says, that if you die in your sins, you're condemned, you have eternity in hell. Who are you to tell me when I'm doing so wrong and then I'm going to go to hell? You judgmental, judgment, you know, whatever they want to call us. You know, you're a judgmental person. You know, that's hate speech. What makes you so much better than me? Anybody ran into that in the world lately? <laughs> you wouldn't have to try very hard. You will. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, who are you to speak to us in this manner? And then there's the one that I'm really going to capture here because this is the most in context to what they were actually up to with this statement. This was more of a, and who are you? That was more of a, we know where you're going with this. Who, who, are, you, who are you? Go ahead and say it. We just want to hear it from you. Go ahead and tell us. And who are you? Uh, as in an attempt to get Christ to admit in their presence that he's the son of God and the Messiah because they're looking for that opportunity, right? They're they, he committed blasphemy. He said he's the son of God. He's equal to God. They're looking for that occasion because remember, they want to kill the man. They want to kill our Savior. They want to kill Jesus. So you got the threefold. Who are you not recognizing him? Who are you to speak to us in this manner? And, and who are you is more of like a rhetorical, you know, we know who, what you're about to say, but we just want to hear you say it. Who are you? Uh, and you know, and, and sometimes when we're dealing with people in the world, they use those same tactics, those three things, and try to try to get some reaction out of us. Amen. But I love this. So Jesus' answer, if you look at that, who art thou? Don't you love this? Jesus didn't go back and like recap everything. You know, oh, do we got to go through this again? Okay, let's go back to the beginning and just take them through point by point by point. He automatically realizes that they are not sincere here, and so this is not something... He doesn't need to waste his breath with that. So he tells them this, and I love this, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. And that's his answer. The same that I said unto you from the beginning. Uh, in other words... Just because somebody doesn't like the Jesus they find in the Bible doesn't mean he's going to change from that which he's always been from the beginning. Amen? Jesus isn't changing to make somebody else more comfortable with him. I can tell you that right now. Jesus doesn't care if he's socially acceptable or politically correct or any of these other things. He died for our sins. And so you have that. The same that I said unto you from the beginning. And I love that answer because it showed just the amazing wisdom of our Savior. Amen? He didn't need to get in an argument with Him. He didn't need to have a big debate with Him. Just the same I've said from the beginning. If you really wanted to know, just go back from the account that I've given you from the beginning. But you know what I love about the statement as well is that the account 
that he gave is the, is the same account that he's resolved to abide by. Amen? He is who he said he was. He's going to continue to be who he says he is, and he's not going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whether we like it or not. I also want to point this out to you. Uh, he's not just referring to the beginning of his ministry, as in when he started to teach amongst them. Jesus is also referring to the beginning of time and in the beginning of Old Testament scriptures, which they should have known. They should have known. These were supposed to be the educated scholars. They should have been able to compare. This must be the Christ because he lines up. He's fulfilling everything. Don't you see? They didn't have that discussion. They were constantly looking for a reason of unbelief. Um, and so, you know, so you have that. So he's, he's uh, abiding by his account and also his reference is much deeper than the beginning of his earthly ministry. He's referring all the way back to the beginning of time, the beginning of Scripture, the beginning of the account concerning the fact that God the Father was going to send a Savior into the world. The Savior is Jesus Christ, and here He is, and they haven't wanted to accept Him, so it's not a surprise that at this point they don't want to recognize Him. Amen? Because they didn't want to accept Him to begin with. So it just isn't a shock at this point, really. And so we continue to, to look at this exchange here. He says this, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I've heard of him. Aren't you thankful that he speaks to the world? In other words, I look at that as he's acknowledging that while his earthly ministry at this point in time, in this dispensation, he's dealing with the Jews. Um, the Jews have to reject him. He still has to be crucified. There's many things that happened before the gospel goes to the Gentiles, goes to the world. But aren't you thankful that Jesus even points, I speak to the whole world. He knows, and his uh, foreknowledge, he knows that the gospel is going to go to you and me, and I'm thankful that it did. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that today? That God was thinking about you the whole time. Isn't that amazing? Uh, so he says, I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Uh, and so... You know, it's. I, I kind of want to point this out to you. What some things that we're going to see here in this chapter, especially there in verses thirty-one through thirty-five and beyond, Jesus will begin to shift the focus, at least for for here, um, onto the judgment of the Father. And I want to explain why that's going to happen, and we'll finish that up next week. But uh, the reason he's shifting that focus to the judgment on the Father is because these Jews were so wrapped up in their relations their they were Abraham's seed God is our father you know this is a point of pride for them if you will okay this is a point of pride for them um the the statement of the fact is not necessarily incorrect that they feel that way but it's the point of pride that is incorrect and in how they use it and so he's shifting this focus to the judgment of the father because Jesus is anticipating their reliance on their perceived relationship with God. If you catch the gist of what we've heard, Jesus is pointing out to them basically this. You don't know what you think you know, nor are you who you think you are. That's basically the summary of many things that we've seen already and what we've seen here. You don't know what you think you know, and you're not who you think you are. And I don't want to go much further with it because I don't want to start meddling with next week's sermon. I haven't even landed this one yet. But... Um, isn't it funny how those who don't know who they truly are rush to criticize another for who they present themselves to be? Think about that statement. Um, here, 
Jesus is pointing out, you're telling me who I am. You don't even know who you are. Come on. Um, now, uh, you, you could see this uh, in a lot of different ways. This could apply to our life. But somebody who, I, this may not be the best way to, to describe it, but in my day and age, we've used this expression, a hot mess. I mean, this person is just a mess. They got no idea. They don't know their left hand from the right hand. Right? They don't know up from down. They don't know where they're going next. They're just they're all over the place. They, you know, identity crisis. You know, one minute they're this, next minute they're that. And, and but this would be the same person that wants to tell me who I'm supposed to be. Right? Amen. It's like the Bible tells us this: the blind cannot lead the blind. All right. Uh, so if you have somebody like that in your life, can I give you this? If what they think you should be like is not consistent with what this Bible says, don't listen to them. Amen? Because they cannot, uh, they cannot make a right judgment on what the life of a Christian should be because they don't know God. Amen? Amen? Uh, so don't go having your, your faith shaken or your you know, identity crisis over the fact that the way you've chosen to live your life because you're trying to abide by the Bible and you're trying to honor God with your life and you know what? Somebody doesn't agree with it. That doesn't mean change. Abide. Uh, and that's, that's the example that I pulled out of that. But, uh, but then he gives them this. So let's keep going a little bit. Because it says here in verse 27 what I was just saying. They, they understood not that He spake them of the Father. And so... He proves his point. Jesus is so, I mean, just so amazing. How he works with people, how he just operates, everything he says in the Bible, it just amazes me. But look at verse 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. Amen? He's now pointing out to them, you're going to lift me up. He's not. Uh, he's not talking about well, we're going to lift you up, Jesus, and encourage you. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the fact they're going to crucify him. Amen. Amen. Uh, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then ye shall know. He's telling them, once you've done it, then you'll know. And you know what? We've seen that come true, didn't we? Uh, well, yes. We have seen that already in our Christian lives. We have not covered that yet in, John, in, the, in the Gospel of John, but we will get to that. But we see that um, in the Bible that what happens is they crucify Christ. And then they realize, many realize what they've done afterwards. Amen? And uh, even Judas, before he was even crucified, he hung himself because he betrayed the Savior. Amen? So he says, then ye shall know. So he spake to the Jews, when ye shall lift me up, where? On the cross. Let me give you a couple, couple verses on this. And one we, we covered this morning already. Just turn over to Acts, if you would. And I'll read this again. Acts chapter 13. 22-33. And you see how it fits in there. So we're in, this, we're in this sermon here and they're explaining the history of Israel. And it leads up to the promise of the fact that you know, Christ had to come and He was going to... Uh, he had to be of the lineage of David and so there's a lot of things concerning that. So in verse 22 it says, And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. 
of this man's seed hath God, according to His promise, raised unto Israel a Savior Jesus. It's the promise of God. It's the covenant with David. It's, it's, you know, God has to keep His Word. He said that the Messiah would come from David's seed, and so Christ has come from David's seed. And so it says this in verse 24, when John had first preached before His coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. Remember, that's John the Baptist. Um, in verse 25, and as John fulfilled his course, so John's ministry came to an end, he shifted it over, he was the forerunner for Christ, the ministry's been handed over to Jesus, uh, he said, whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose, men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham. So the reason I'm giving you this, and you'll, it'll all pull together next week for you, but these Jews, they're the stock of Abraham, amen? And so they should know, uh, these things concerning Christ, and so, they, but but they apparently don't recognize it, which is why I say they don't know what they think they know. They're not as smart as they think they are because they're not recognizing who Christ is. Uh, but he tells them this: um, Whosoever among you uh, the feareth God, to use the word of this salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, do you see that? Nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning Him. Do you see the, see the, the purpose of that Scripture reading there? Because it, it blends right in. Why did they crucify Him? Because they didn't know They knew Him not. That's what they said. They knew Him not. They didn't recognize What does that mean? How did they not know Him? It's like they literally knew He had been with them. It's a, they didn't understand Him as the coming King of Israel. Is what it's talking about. They didn't know Him. They didn't... They knew of Him. They knew that Christ had been walking the earth doing miracles. They knew Jesus of Nazareth. They knew Jesus of Mary and Joseph. They knew Jesus, but they didn't know Him and receive Him and accept Him as the promised King, amen, to Israel. And so it's the same thing. There's a lot of people that know of Jesus today, but they don't know Him. They don't accept Him as Savior, amen? So I hope I make that point clear. But here, uh, the fact that they did not know Him was the reason why they crucified him. I'll give you one more verse on that. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2. Yeah, I'm looking to verses 7 and 8 there. Paul addressing the Corinthian church. Remember, Paul was uh, he was a Pharisee and a Jew and everything of Benjamin before he was converted, before he was saved, before he was called to be an apostle. And here in verse seven, he he addresses the Corinthians here. He says, "But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery." Um, so the mystery is often referred to. God bless you, by the way. Um, it's a uh, the, the church age, the church age, the church is the body of Christ. It is the mystery of God. You'll see that reference in the Bible quite a bit. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Don't you love that God had a plan the whole time for us? But it says here in verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So there's kind of the explanation point on, that I'm making there. They nailed Him to a cross because they didn't understand. They didn't know Him as the Messiah. They didn't know. And had they known, they would not have done it. And so God allowed their eyes to be blinded to it so that they would send Him to the cross. And Jesus points out to them, once you have done this, once you've lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know. And of course, they're trying to figure out what He meant by that. Uh, what is He talking about? Lifting Him up. 
And so let me give you this this morning. The manner and purpose for him being raised up was the same, and we've covered this once, as the brazen serpent. For our deliverance and salvation, just as he said in John uh, chapter 3, verses 14 and through 17, you don't have to turn back there, but I will revisit it and read it real quick for you. If you remember in John chapter 3 there, verses 14 through 17, the Scripture read, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved." So just as they had that serpent there in the wilderness that was raised up, if you remember, these serpents were out there everywhere, and they were biting people. And if you got bit, you were going to die. But then they had a brazen serpent, and they raised it up. And if you looked on the brazen serpent, you wouldn't die. From Listen, sin has bitten every one of us today. You're in a wilderness bit by sin, and you're dying and on your way to hell unless you look up to the cross of Jesus Christ and realize He died for your forgiveness. And then not only did He die, but they put Him in a tomb And He rose again. He rose again. Amen? And so it was the same manner that He was raised up as the brazen serpent. Why? For our deliverance. For our salvation. They certainly will lift Jesus up on the cross as He's pointing out here in chapter 8. They certainly will do exactly what He's referring to. They don't understand what He's talking about. Jesus knew quite well that He had come to save man and that it was going to cost Him crucifixion on the cross to do it. They certainly will lift Jesus up on the cross. But then He will lift Himself up from the dead unto the Father. Amen? He lift Himself up from the dead to the Father. Uh, let me give you a couple on this real quick. Hold your spot there in John 8. Look at Acts chapter 2 for one second. Acts chapter 2, and look at verses 32 through 38. 32 through 38. Acts chapter 2. Everyone got it? This Jesus. Which Jesus? The same is from the beginning. Come on now. Who art thou? The same as I told you from the beginning. Which Jesus? That Jesus. The same Jesus. The same Jesus that saved Brother Brian. I hope it's the same, I hope the same Jesus you're worshiping because I, I know my Jesus has saved me. Amen. There's only one Christ. Amen. There's different versions of Him out there in the world, but only one that can save. You better, you better be worshiping the true and living Christ. Amen. And He is alive. Amen. He rose from the dead. He's alive. He's not still dead. But this Jesus hath God raised up whereof we are we all are witnesses therefore being by the right hand of god exalted and having received of the father the promise of the holy ghost he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear for david is not ascended into the heavens but he saith himself the lord said unto my lord sit thou on my right hand until i make thy fo- uh, thy foes thy footstool Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. 
Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now there's the response you want. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know how important that is? What shall we do? Seeing that, they're, seeing that they nailed Him to a cross. They were convicted and pricked in their heart. What shall we do? It certainly should be our hope today that everyone that doesn't know Jesus when they hear that their sins were put on our Christ on the cross, when they hear that your sins were on Jesus on the cross, you realize that while the Jews crucified them, your sins sent them there. What shall I do? Repent and believe the Gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever, I think verse 21 of this same chapter, what does it say? And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What shall I do, preacher? I know, I know Jesus took my sins to the cross. I know I'm guilty. What do I do? Believe. Accept. Accept Christ as your Savior. Put your belief and trust in Him. Call on the name of the Lord for salvation. Amen. Uh, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we go back to John chapter 8, like we see here in verse 30, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Aren't you thankful for the many that have believed on Christ today? And so, I might be a little long-winded there. Give me 15 minutes. Uh, then we go on. So here's, here's conversion. So we see conversion here. We see, I understand my sins put Christ on the cross. I understand I need to be saved. I need to be forgiven. Now I believe. I believe on the Lord. Uh, and I've accepted Christ. Now what? Now it's time to be a disciple. Now it's time to be a follower. Right, and so that's that's where this focus goes here in this in, in what Jesus is saying. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, "If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed." A disciple is a follower, and let me give you this: consider the atmosphere for these many that believed on Christ, because you have many there that are against Christ. They're against anybody that follows Christ. And there's no way you're going to make a public profession of faith towards Christ without catching a little bit of slack from these unbelievers that are out to destroy them. Amen? And so consider that. It's no small affair for a Jew in this setting to believe on Christ and follow Him. Amen? And still today, it could, it's not a small affair for somebody who's in Judaism to say, you know, I believe Christ, the Christ of the Bible is the Messiah. You could be rejected and disowned from your family in some cases for that. Still, um, so it says that, and then likewise, let me give you this, it may not be a small affair in the circumstances of your life to believe on Christ and follow Him either. I don't know, what's, I don't know what the burden is for you today to be a Christian, but I can tell you this, you'll be glad that you were when it's all over. Amen. It'll all be worth it. Uh, once we believe on Christ, the next step is to follow Him. And guess what? How? How do I follow Him? And Jesus tells us this, Continue in My Word, then are ye My disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Aren't you thankful today for the truth of God? Aren't you thankful that all we have to do is continue in His words and be His disciples? And can I give you this as your pastor today? 
the best discipleship program available for New Lexington Bible Church. Sunday school, 9.30. Sunday morning worship, 10.45. We got Wednesday night at 6.30. We got a Bible reading schedule on the back of that bulletin. We got daily devotional books. And by the way, we got one more month on those and I've got the new ones downstairs. Do your daily devotionals, daily prayer time. Grab a pocket full of those tracks, hand them out. And when an opportunity within your physical ability arises at church, jump on it and serve. You know, we all have something we can do. And if, look, there's different seasons in life. And if you physically can't do much, most powerful thing you can do, keep praying for your pastor, your church, your church family, your family, your missionaries, and keep us in prayer. Amen? That's the best discipleship program you can ask for. It's been working ever since the beginning of the church. Amen? And so we ain't going to change it around here because it'll keep on working. And uh, praise the Lord for that. And so just be, be a part of what we're doing. I'm telling you, God will bless your life and strengthen you spiritually. You'll have the blessing of God and the hand of God all over you. And uh, you'll be glad that you did. Amen. So looking at the discipleship of these Jews, despite what their uh, relationship with Jesus would cost them. Okay, so let's just accept the fact that to be a disciple may cost you some friends, may cost you something. There may be a burden that comes with it. I want to give you this. Jesus cherished the beginning of grace in their lives. And now He admonishes them on two important points. The character of a disciple and a privilege of being a disciple. The character is a desire to continue in His Word for life. We are to dwell in Christ's Word. It is the center of our existence, our rest, our refuge, and our everything. So the character of a Christian or the character of a disciple is cherish the Word of God in your life because this is what you have to continue in. Amen? Cherish this Word because it gives you everything you need. The privilege that comes with it, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. God puts it in this order in the Scripture on purpose. He didn't say, seek to you a better educated men that uh, pretend to have all these spiritual capabilities and they'll tell you special revelations that nobody else knows. And if you follow those, you'll be okay. He says, continue in my word. Continue in my word. Continue in the revealed word of God. Continue in what he, he's given us everything. This is the completed revelation concerning our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I can't give you anything that's not in here. If I do, it means I'm a heretic. Amen. That's what it means. Now there's a you know every man can you know fumble something around say something that doesn't make sense doesn't mean he's a heretic it says on a first and second admonition in other words somebody's over here well and the Lord came to me in a dream and he told me not the first not so I, you lost me a dream sorry I'll talk to you later thank you I don't need to hear any of that because I don't need to hear all that all right he gave us his word and the privilege of it is if we have his word and we abide in his word and we continue in his word then we get to know the truth. And it's the truth that makes us free. Amen. We shall know the truth. The truth shall make us free. Here's the wonderful freedom in Christ. Don't worry. I'm, not, I'm almost done here. You just hang in there. But this is good. Free from the burden of sin. Free from the condemnation of sin. Free from bondage. Free from our spiritual enemies. Free in the service of God. Amen. We're free to serve God. Amen. Freedom in the service of God. Uh, listen. It is a terrible thing for any organization to teach multiple steps that you have to complete and you have to do this and you have to do that and then you have before you can serve God. No, every one of us can serve God. Every one of us can serve God. This is an equal brotherhood. 
And as we sung, brethren, we have sisters have a part in it too. Men, women, children, all of us can serve God. Aren't you thankful for the freedom to serve God? Free to the privileges of sons. Consider that the privilege of a son is better than those of a servant. We serve God, but we're the children of God through Jesus Christ. Amen? And so the, ser- the servant serves whether they like it or not. The servant is under that yoke. They have to do it. right? We have freedom of service. We are children of God. We're, we have better pr- privileges. Amen? Free from the prejudices and false notions. What does that mean? They can think what they want about me, but that doesn't mean it affects me because I'm free from that because I know who I am. And you can talk about Brother Brian all you want to. I'm born again, blood-bought, saved Christian man, going to heaven when life is over. Rapture comes, I'm going, whoop, I'll be out of here in the twinkling of an eye and praise God for it, and I don't really care if you don't like it. I'm free from your prejudices and notions. I don't even need to listen to it anymore. Say what you want. Free from the dominion of lust and passion. If that stuff's getting in, it's because we're letting it in. Free to simply live as Christians, to do our best as followers, to live for Him as His disciples. Jesus finishes this up with a very, very strong point. Verily, verily, in verse 34, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth forever. So you see this? We abide in Christ when we accept Christ as our Savior. And so the Son abides. In other words, He is the propitiation for our sin. He is the advocate. He is our intercessor. He is the one that is by His blood. We are made right. We have His righteousness. But I want to give you something on this point on this, and then we're going to finish up. So we're pretty much there. Thank you for hanging in there with your preacher this morning. Go to Romans chapter 6. And we'll finish here. Romans chapter 6. Verses 16 through 18. It's a valuable point that Jesus is pointing out, so we'll finish on it. What are you yielding to? What are you obeying in your life? Are you yielding to the Holy Spirit of God, to the direction of God? Are you yielding to the flesh? Verses 16 and 18. Know ye not? that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you." Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. You see what's happened there? Do you see what's taken place? Before I got saved, I was a servant to sin. I was in bondage to sin. I couldn't stop from sinning. And you ask the sinner, why do you do what you do? I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Amen? Uh, Sinners do what they do best. Sin. They don't know any better. So you're the servant of sin. But God be thanked. Because when we get saved and we get the Spirit of God living in us, now we have this new life, this new nature. And it's saying, hey, hey, you don't do that anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. And all of a sudden you're like, man, i got to talk to somebody because I don't, I don't, I, everything's changing. 
And I think I'm going crazy. Because <laughs> you have two natures now, spiritual and natural, and they war one against the other. And you see what I'm saying? Now you have to learn to walk in the Spirit. And so that takes some time and that takes obedience, but you yield. How are you going to know to yield? Just what Jesus said. Continue in His Word. The Word tells you what to yield to and how to yield. You continue in the Word and the Holy Spirit will do this work in you. Don't be scared of it. Just accept God. Thank you. You're changing my life. I know things are changing. I know you're doing the work in me. Uh, thank you for your promise. He has begun a work. He'll perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. We serve the world long enough. We serve ourselves long enough. We serve sin long enough. But today we are free. So let us be servants to righteousness. Giving thanks unto our God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for time in church this morning. Just thankful, Lord, because we are free. This world's not on a good path. We know what your Bible says. But we're thankful today you've touched each and every one of our hearts, Lord. I certainly pray as I stand up here this morning that everyone here can say they've been made free by accepting you as Savior. That if you were to ask each and every one of us today, who do you say that I am? That each person here would say, I know that thou art the Christ that died for my sins, resurrected from the dead, has given me a place in heaven to share with me for eternity. I thank You, Lord, that I know You as Savior. Lord, there's many that don't. And we pray for them this morning, many in our families, many around us in our day-to-day -day lives. Some just don't seem to really care. Maybe there's some that are scared to find out more. I don't know. We don't know what the situation is, God, but You know what it is. You know the hearts of man. And so we pray, Lord, that somehow You will use us, use our little church here at New Lexington Bible Church to lead many more to know You, Lord, to know You as Savior, and then to continue in Your Word as Your disciples, to serve You, Lord, to be a part of the blessing You've given our church you just continue to bless us and that we will be able to get the gospel out into the community around us, that your light would shine in that darkness and that others would accept Christ as Savior. Lord, we just want to see that happen. Lord, if there's one here today that's convicted, God, I pray that they will cry out to you, whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I pray that they just cry out, Lord, save me, forgive me, give me the gift of eternal life that's promised in your word. I want to be a Christian, Lord. I want to be a disciple. I want to follow You. If you've made that decision to follow the Lord and you've accepted Christ as Savior and maybe you've gotten baptized, whatever it is, and then you're following the Lord, you're taking your first steps or your next steps in the faith, Lord, help me to continue in Your Word because Your Word is truth. And this truth makes me free. And I'm thankful for the freedom you've given me today, Lord. Thank you for that. And uh, help me use my freedom to serve you, to serve righteousness, and to lead others to know you. Lord, I thank you for everyone here. We have a wonderful church, wonderful people, wonderful community. And God, you can abundantly bless above and beyond anything we could ever ask, imagine, think. Lord, we're thankful for every promise of your word. I have not seen nor ear heard the things that you have for those that love you, Lord. We thank you for that today. I ask you bless each one. Bless our whole church family. Bless the church family that has to listen in on the podcast today, Lord. We thank you for them. 
And uh, we lift them up to you, ask that you touch them and uh, just give them a spiritual blessing today and encourage them as well. We thank you for our outreach ministries, our missionaries, and just everything that goes on in the body of Christ. God, we're thankful for it today. We're thankful most of all that we get to be a part of it. So as we leave here today, Lord, I ask that you will bless each person, keep them safe this week, help them with their needs, help them live for you, help us live our best life for you, keep us encouraged and strong in your word and devotional time and prayer time, and uh, help us have opportunities to share the truth of your love with others, Lord. As we uh, stand to do a song of invitational this morning, Lord, if there's more prayer that needs to go up, I pray that you will put it on the heart through your Holy Spirit for people to continue to pray, either where they're at or at the altar. The altar is certainly open. And God, we thank you for your many blessings in our life. You're good to us, Lord, and we love you for it. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and grab our songbooks. We'll have a song of invitation this morning.